What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Anti Up, Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. Uh, we are recording on a, on a nice, lovely Tuesday afternoon because Adam uh, has his Tout Wars draft later on tonight. We'll get to a little bit of strategy and what Adam, what you might see out of Adam Ronis because this is published after the draft, so nobody's going to hear it before, so Adam won't be divulging too many secrets, but always good to know the mindset walking into a 15-team draft against some of the uh, the industry's finest. Um, but before we get to that, Adam, 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 Adam. Well, first off, hi, how are you? Second of all, the NFL, it just blew everybody's minds today. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, this is a, this is a big day. Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams back with the Chargers. Always been a big fan of him, and now he gets to play with Herbert again. No surprise about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I felt like he was either going to retire or go back to Green Bay. And, you know, he said he wasn't going to keep them waiting long, and he did it. So I don't think those are any surprises. No, I don't, th- I don't think there are any surprises. Now, somebody did ask me today then, you know, how to view Devontae Adams in a, in a dynasty league. He was being offered like a – uh, a first rounder in the uh, in the upcoming rookie draft, um, and Amon Ross St. Brown uh, for Devonte Adams. So, um, like, how would you how do you you know how do you view it? I mean, it's a four year deal for Aaron Rodgers uh, in Green Bay. Uh, they're going to franchise tag Devonte Adams, I'm sure, just to get him signed for the one year, and then try and work out a deal beyond that. Um, I don't know. How do you view uh, how do you view Adams now in Dynasty now that we know that he's at least tethered to Rogers for one more year, at least one more year? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's great, right? He's always put up monster numbers. They have such a great synergy and connection. Rogers always looks for him consistently. Uh, he'll be 29 in December, so you know, still has a, a few good years left. But you know, you're looking at it really for now, and you expect another big season from him. I mean, just. They're just on the same page uh, and you're going to get, you know, what, 115, 120 receptions. You're going to clearly get double digit touchdowns. Actually, 11 last year is kind of low for him. Uh, I mean, he had 18 the year before, but, you know, you're going to get 10 to 12, 13 touchdowns. The volume is going to be there. That's the most important thing. He's not the most explosive receiver. He's not going to get you 15 yards of catch. This is not who he is. It's just consistent short targets and they pile up and. Yeah, you're you're definitely feeling good about him. So you would you would not do the deal. You wouldn't take the, the first rounder in the rookie draft this year and Amon Ross St. Brown for Adams. It depends on what your roster is. If you can win this year, just keep Adams. Yeah. Which is basically I mean, what I think I people said. do it. People do this in Dynasty way too much. They look down the road. Like if you got a team that could win now, do it. Like I just, I don't know. I, maybe No, 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 no. I agree with you. I agree. Like the shelf life of an NFL player is much less than it is in baseball, right? And and putting so much focus on on rookies and and second year players when you've got all of this great top tier talent, veteran talent. Like you know, again, it's like baseball. You know, it's like the shiny new toy versus the uh, the, the old grizzled vet. Right. Yeah. I, I I don't do a lot of dynasty. Do you? No. Because of that kind of stuff. Well, and I play multiple sports too. So I, there's people that have so much time or not have so much time. They only play fantasy football. So they want to have eight year round. So that's where dynasty comes in. It's just, you know, I, I do, you know, with baseball and basketball and the betting, it's just, it's too much. 
Yeah, you know, covering baseball and stuff like that. I'm in a uh, I'm in a dynasty league run by Mike Dempsey, right? And and it's a huge, huge dynasty league, and uh, and and just the people who only cover football uh, during the off season are making crazy, crazy amounts of trades, and I'm always like, I, I don't know, I can't really, I, I I can't jump into it as much. I can't give it my full attention. Uh, or enough of the proper attention to uh, to to be making all of these deals and all of these future draft choices and stuff like that. It's just been uh, crazy. So yeah, I'm not long for dynasty, but again, for football also. I mean, the shelf life of a, of a player with you know a player could be great one year and then his coach and his and his offensive coordinator could go to another team and then he's stuck there. And you're like, what the fuck do I do with them now? Now, if you're if you have Adams and you're rebuilding or can't win, sure, you can make that deal, right? I mean, if you're not going to win now, but yeah, if you're in position to win, uh, you should keep him now that he'll be back with Rodgers. Yes, indeed. Um, looking at the other news, obviously, uh, the the agreement here between the Seattle Seahawks and the uh, and the Denver Broncos. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, we expected. We expected the Aaron Rodgers news today, right? We were told that, you know, he was going to make his his final decision before the uh the before franchise tags go out. And um obviously it had to do with the uh with with the Devontae Adams situation there, but um that was the news we expected. Then all of a sudden we get the Broncos getting Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick in exchange for Drew Locke Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first round draft choices, two second round draft choices, and a fifth round pick. Um, huge, huge haul, massive fantasy impact here. Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, what happens with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Um, there's a lot of moving parts here that are just smashed up in the fantasy world. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising they moved Wilson. I think they kind of had to. It felt like he was disinterested last year and he didn't want to be there. He had the injury as well. And it was just Seattle was stuck in a position where I think they kind of had to do something. So they got a really nice haul here. But I also don't mind what Denver did. I think everyone always looks like, oh, look at the draft picks they gave up. Now, if you win the Super Bowl, no one cares, right? Because people were right. saying, oh, look at the Rams. They're going all in. Look at all these draft picks they give up. They have no draft picks. Well, they won a Super Bowl, right? So it's fine. Obviously, if they if you don't win a Super Bowl, people are going to look back. Oh, what, what did they do? But still, I mean, they needed a quarterback here in Denver. Uh, Russell Wilson can still play. I know he wasn't great last year, but injuries. And I do think you have to look at the human aspect of it. And I think he was disinterested and finally wanted out. I've been saying it for years. I don't understand why they don't let him pass the ball more. They just focus on the run way too much on that team. Now he's got good weapons. I mean, I don't think it's a huge upgrade because I think Lockett and Metcalf are better than Sutton and Judy, but they're still very good. I mean, Judy's a great route runner that needs the quarterback, so that helps him. Sutton mm -hmm. was coming off the injury. Albert O's a really good tight end, so his stock increases. Uh, for Seattle right now, it's going to depend on what they do moving forward. There's, I did see some talk that they might look to deal Lockett. Um, now, what does Seattle do with these picks? Do they take these picks and trade for Deshaun Watson, assuming his legal issues are solved? So, Because Pete Carroll's still there. I can't see Pete Carroll wanting to rebuild with Drew Locke. So I think it remains to be seen what Seattle does. But they did get a lot back. 
but I also think I understand why Denver did it. You know, they are in a tough division, though. You got Kansas City, the Chargers, uh, but they were competitive in a lot of games last year. A lot of their wins, though, were against bad teams. And then uh, Von Miller uh, was tweeting. It looks like he wants to go back. So I think it'll be a desirable place. So um, I get why both teams made this deal. I totally get why both teams made this deal. I didn't even think about the Seattle going to Houston and and making this deal, you know, having these picks and then flipping them for Deshaun Watson. I wasn't even thinking about that aspect of it. And and my mind is a little blown right now thinking about the possibilities that if Deshaun Watson does, you know, shake off these uh these legal troubles or it gets settled or However, you know, this ends up um, would be unbelievable. I mean, Deshaun Watson with Lockett and Metcalf or not even, you know, at least Metcalf, not maybe not Lockett if they are if they are actually thinking about dealing him. Um, Huge, huge, because, listen, you know, I think Lockett and Metcalf are are better than Judy and Cortland Sutton as well. Um, And and for me, it was like mm, kind of a shame now that it's Drew Locke throwing him the ball and not Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if this is what they're going with, but I'm interested to see if they do anything else, if there are more moves to be made. But yeah, right now, it definitely hurts them. No question about it. I mean, Lockett Lockett and Wilson had that connection. I mean, so many big plays from Wilson to Lockett. Now that is gone. Yeah. (laughs) It's gone for the time being. That's for damn sure. Now, here's the the player that I'm kind of curious as to as to what you think. Javante Williams, like what happens, you know, we, you know, when, when you're bringing it in and Russell, Russ wants to cook, right. Russ wants to throw more. Um, I, you know, I, I don't see him, you know, increasing how much he actually runs, but you know, does, does Javante Williams, you know, with all of his potential, does it, you know, can this, this offense be fired up that he'll still get enough touches and work to, to be a, a huge impact running back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, assuming Melvin Gordon doesn't come back, I think so, uh, because I think the offense will be real good. There'll be plenty of scoring opportunities. He can catch the football. So, yeah, I, I do think this helps him. Did we look at Vegas lines yet? I just thought about that. How is that think, not go, go I, to I, that one? Denver moved like crazy. I think uh, they went from like, uh, I think they're plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl right now. But that's understandable because people are going to rush to bet them now. Oh, the books, yeah, yeah, totally. The books can't have a big liability. So I think you're going to keep seeing that number go up um, because people are just going to like, oh, my God, Russell Wilson, Denver, they're going to win a Super Bowl. They're so good. You know, the immediate reaction instead of kind of taking a step back and still realizing they are better. They're in a tough division. Even if you think Kansas City's not as good. And I know the Chargers do this shit every fucking year to us. Oh, they're so good. Oh, they're nine and eight again. Or and they don't make the playoffs or they just get in and they disappoint. Uh, but it is still a very tough division. And the AFC is still tough. you got the Bills. The Ravens are going to be better. Uh, they were not healthy at all last year. So it's just people are just going to react immediately. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's a big upgrade, but they're going to rush to put money in on Denver. And well, they do have a shot. It's like, uh, let's not. Yeah. Right now, they're fifth. Plus 1,200 on DK. Chiefs plus 700. Bills plus 700. Packers plus 900. I'm sure they moved up once Rodgers official. Rams plus 1,100. Broncos plus 1,200. Yeah. See? I I want to know which NFC division is now due to play the AFC East. 
right? Because now you've got Russell Wilson with the Broncos, Herbert the with the West, Chargers, right? uh, AFC West. I mean, yeah. I think they play. I think they play the AFC uh, NFC West because I think the Seahawks and. Um, oh really? Yeah, I think I think the game's in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Let me Revenge see. Revenge game narratives, baby. Oh Jesus! But could you imagine? Imagine that, right? Imagine being the the the, the shit team in the uh, in the NFC West having to play the AFC West. And those matchups, because I'll tell you what, the Raiders yeah. with Josh McDaniels, Seahawks. I, I kind of like that. Seahawks host Denver this year. So uh, Russell Wilson will go back to Seattle in a Bronco uniform. Oh, my God. Wow. What's the date on that? They don't, I don't know if they put out the date yet. I think we just have opponents. I could be wrong. Did you say, I don't yeah. think there was official schedule yet, right? I don't remember it. They usually make I don't, I don't think there was. They either. have like There's, a five hour show probably. On yeah, it's usually a big hubbub yeah. about it. It gets leaked early and then it's a big show and people sit there and watch it. It really is. It's so it's so funny. It's so predictable. It's it's scary. Um, wow, that's uh, you know what? Good drama. Good drama for the news cycle today. Um, without a doubt, it puts a smile on my face. Is you know, I'm I'm still you know still pushing that that best ball for MLB. I'm still you know I'm rooting for it, but man, baseball is just, I mean, with, with every move, you know, with every bit of excitement that pops up about something like this with the NFL, it's like baseball dies a little bit more, right? Just sad. It's depressing. It really is. It really is. I almost want to do a, want to flip from a, uh, from an MLB best ball to doing an NFL best ball right now. (laughs) What round, what round is we going to see Judy and, and Cortland Sutton move up to, right? <laughs> What's going to be the ADP for Albert O? <laughs> These are the important questions that we need to be asking ourselves here in the month of March, Adam. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, people are just clamoring for that 1%. You know what the, the sad thing is? Is that they are. Yeah, that but the, are. it's it, again, see, it's a small contingent. The casual player who plays fantasy football, they don't care right now. They just don't. I mean, I. I truly believe that. I could be wrong. The people who are in the dynasty league, the diehards, yeah, they do. How much of the percentage of people that play fantasy is it? It's not a lot. Um, I don't know. It's we not a lot. To, See, we're on our own. We would role. have to do some crowdsourcing on that. I, it's 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 not a lot. There's no doubt. So you like, think the, like the, the only like reason it's so crazy is because we're in the industry. Yes, right? we're in the bubble and we're we're on social media and everyone who's doing content is talking about it. We're talking about it. So we think it is. But talk to the casual player, like in the home league or people that they're not they don't care right now. Okay. Like they're interested in free agency and where players go from a real life perspective, but they're not saying, Oh, I wonder where this guy's being drafted. They're not thinking about it now. It's March. They don't really start thinking about it till July, August. Now, people will listen to this. Maybe they are. But again, it's a small contingent. Because think about it. What do most people call up about on the radio when we're doing our shows? Who to pick up, who to drop, who to start. They don't have that now. So they're not as interested right now. Mm. Interesting. Like, okay, how many calls, how many calls are we uh, going to be on? No, 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 no. Listen, yeah, I get it. You know, the calls are, the calls are very limited on, 
you know, I'm sure if, you know, on a day like today, you can easily generate calls talking about, and I'm sure I haven't even listened to the channel all day, but I'm sure that, you know, Jeff Radcliffe and, and, you know, Brad Evans, and I'm sure coming up right now, uh, Jeff Vans, they were, they're, they're going to be like, you know, all super into it and get everybody all charged and hyped up. You could definitely generate some calls, uh, you know, off of the news here, but yeah, during the, during this time, you know, well, we're supposed to be inundated with draft calls for fucking baseball. Yeah, well, there's people are holding off, man, until an agreement is made. Oh, and even then, it's killing me, dude. It it's is, man. Me. It's killing I mean, me. And was, yet, what? No, I was going to say, you know, there was this, we're recording on Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday's the deadline to play 100. They keep pushing shit. We could still play 162 games and have the six, seven games on that were canceled to the end. It's like, okay. Instead, they announced a deal with Apple, Apple TV. So baseball has that time to, negotiate these deals and finalize them, which shows you the owners are like, ah, oh, we're good either way. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I told you I was surprised as all hell that, you know, that, that, that the players, the MLBPA wasn't pushing. Like, we knew about these. We've known about these deals with Apple and, uh, and, and who else is uh, and Amazon Prime, I think, is another one, right? They're getting all these, like, streaming deals for MLB. So, you know, yeah, the owners are like, we, we've got money that's coming in or it will be in, you know, when this happens. But, yeah, it's um, I'm surprised the MLBPA hasn't been pushing to get, you know, at least, a, a you know, a different slice of the pie then in that form, as opposed to fighting for some other stuff. Although it's all CBT right now. Right now, it's all just about the CBT. And are they going to raise it or are they not? And if they raise it, the players are going to have to concede something. Uh, in order for that to happen, and uh, and I, I still think we uh, we're, we're close enough to get the deal done sooner than later. That's hope. Yeah, I'm sick of the fucking dragging out though. It's uh, it's it's killing me. It's forcing me to like talk about Aaron Rodgers all day. Oh God, brutal man. It's brutal. You know, I mean, I I, I so desperately want to get into more baseball. So I'll tell you what, that's what we're gonna do. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to thank our sponsors. We're going to play a little quick commercial. And then when we get back, Adam Ronis uh, is going to divulge at least some thoughts about what we've got ahead of us here in the Tout Wars draft. Again, we're recording before his draft. So what he says going into this, this won't be released until, uh, you know, the, the following morning. So maybe we get a little uh, little inside scoop right after this. All right, Adam, big, big draft tonight. Tout Wars, you've already done your, you did the labor mixed auction this past uh, weekend, and we've discussed that. But now you've got Tout Wars, 15 team. It's a snake draft. Um, five by five roto OBP instead of batting average. Um, and there you are sitting there at the top of the heap um, with the number one pick. So let's talk about let's talk about thought process, strategies, um, anything like that. Don't just say I'm going to let the draft come to me because that's just not good radio. I'm going to let the draft come to me and um, see. <laughs> um, but you know, no, you in this in this one though, you do because it's wild because it's OVP and you always see players really pushed up. 
So last year, I remember I was like, oh, my God. So I kind of just said, all right. Um, and I think I had the third pick last year. It went with Tatis to start. Um, but yeah, I just, last year I just I had a really good draft. I had Marcus Simeon, JD Martinez, Matt Olson, um, with Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. Like I just had a really good draft. Um, I didn't. I it came out light in saves because I drafted Trevor Rosenthal in that one or Kirby. I think Rosenthal in that one. And he got hurt. Um, so um, that was my biggest issue. But I won pretty easily i mean it got close a little bit in september and i think i still won by double digits so um yeah i mean it's obp so these guys push sometimes they push the players up way too much um and i'm not going to do it like i know joey gallo's better in obp i'm not taking this guy in the fifth round for what you know what i mean so um yeah you do really have to react to what the room is but my general plan is I'm not as intent on going early starting pitching this year. Last year, I said I want to get one pitcher in the first three rounds. It was Brandon Woodruff in round two. And probably people raised their eyebrows at that time. I took him over Kershaw. Um, clearly, it worked out. Woodruff was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, I don't feel that way. Like, I'm okay coming out with three bats in the first three rounds. It really depends on what pitchers are there. I don't feel like I have to push it. There's a lot of pitchers I like in the mid-range. I'm going to try and come away with at least one closer. I don't even know if I can say top ten because – they're just so shaky. I mean, I don't see myself taking Hader Hedricks. Oh, man. I mean, I guess it, it, it depends what the room does. But, you know, I would like to get, you know, a Will Smith. I mean, Jordan Romato is just risky in case the Blue Jays acquire someone. So I hope to get one of the closers, but I'm not going to overpay for it. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's generally the thought. I'm not going to go heavy pitching. Um, I'm going to load up on bats. and. Um, I'm not even sure I'm taking one yet. I keep going back and forth. I want to take Tatis, but I understand there's risk with the shoulder mm-hmm. uh, because he didn't get the surgery. But at the same time, I'm like, well, he got through it last year. And I know a lot of doctors last year were like, oh, this is it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And every time it happened, he came back and still performed at elite level. So, but I'm like, why didn't he get surgery? I would think the team, the doctors, if they thought it was best, would get it. And I know you really don't want to take you don't want to get surgery if you don't have to. So you can say, well, there's risk with him. Why would you take him? But the ceiling is immense. And even if he misses 30, 40 games, I'll just put him on the IL and replace him. Uh, the, now, the risk is he gets hurt early and misses the whole year and has surgery. Then I just wasted a pick. Juan Soto obviously has got to be in consideration. It's OBP. I mean, he gives you a I was just going to say, I mean, you know, and yeah. You know, but am but- I, now I'm drafting for, I'm boosting him up for one category, though. He doesn't run a lot. He got eight steals last year, got caught seven times, and it's not a great lineup. So he is going to walk a lot. So do his counting stats get affected? Because, you know, why would you pitch to him on this lineup? And we know he's patient. So, yeah, that's great, the OVP, but what are the counting stats going to look like in this lineup that right now is, is really weak? I mean, I actually, I actually brought that point up to Jim about Juan Soto because we, we talked a lot of him. And, and, you know, Jim is a, a huge, huge Juan Soto guy. And he said, he's like, you know what? He's like, in all honesty, the lineup around him is so bad that pitchers will want to pitch to Soto. Like you're not, you know, you're, 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 there's less concern. The solo home run doesn't do as much damage, um, you know, for you. And, and he says, he's like, and there's, there's an obvious ego involved with 
starting pitchers that, you know, they, they, they want to believe that they've got the best stuff. And, you know, and, and the fact is, is that there's going to be so few times where Juan Soto is going to be like getting up with the bases loaded or if he gets a base hit, you know, okay, okay well then, fine. But, but, you know, maybe there's nobody that's going to drive him in. Okay, but then that's kind of against his argument. That means he's hitting solo shots and getting RBI, one RBI. Right. I mean, if he's not coming up with the right, bases but I mean, loaded. he's not going to. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you say, that the lineup is bad, that his RBI total is going to be. Yeah, his RBI total might not be where it's supposed to be, but his home run total is, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you that there are there are pros and cons to the argument there. But I mean, and listen, if, and the, if it's the, the guys who are around him, it's not like he's never going to get up with men on base. I mean, right now it's Lane Thomas and Cesar Hernandez ahead of him. I mean, that's bad. Mm. And then. If jo- okay, Josh Bell's behind. I don't care if I'm a pitcher. It's two outs, nobody on. I'm not giving Soto anything to hit. I'll deal with Josh Bell. I like Josh Bell, but it's Josh Bell. It's not one of the elite right. hitters in baseball. It's not Juan Soto. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not throwing anything to Soto, and he's very patient. He's not going to force it. So again, I, I will. I'll draft Soto in the first round, but to take him one just because of OBP, it's not like he's going to get me 15, 20 steals. I mean, he talked about it last year. I want to run more. I want to run more. And but he got caught. He had nine right. steals, which is fine, but he got caught eight times. So um and, and maybe he's a little bit more aggressive. Okay, but I even even so you cannot project him for for 20 steals. You just can't. He's never had 12 is his career high. He had nine last year, but got caught seven times. So you want to say 10, 11? Sure. Okay. That's not bad, but now I'm chasing steals in the part of draft. Now it's giving me a huge cushion in OBP and it allows me to be different. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward Tatis. I mean, I could go Turner. I think Turner. Takes I, was, I was just going to say, wait, you can't only have two options here, right? Well, Turner's, Turner's got power and speed. Eddie hits for a good average. Oh, this is not average. So I mean, uh, what's his OVP? Like it was 375 last year. Oh, all right. 375. It's not the difference maker that a, a 420 OBP is, but. I mean, he stuffs the stats sheet in every category. Yeah, I mean, a little bit low on RBIs. So that's where you're taking a hit. Okay. Is there is there any argument or any case for anybody outside of those three? Um, for me, I mean, I guess you could look at Jose Ramirez. I think he's better in OBP. I mean, his average has been in the 260s i think it was like two was it or was it below 260 last year i think it was a uh, 266 290 i mean his obp 355 last year 386 the year before that was a shortened season 327 387 career marks 354 so you are you're taking a hit there um uh well, so you're also you're also getting third base which is a horrible position see there. i people who use that for taking a player in the first pick to me i i completely disagree with that Okay. Like, Position like, scarcity is not something that you're into. Not not early on. If you, it's a tiebreaker, but right, you can use it to tie. I mean, there's plenty of third base third baseman that I'm okay with. Even if I have to wait to the end of the draft and get someone that might not be that good, that'll be the area that I look to improve on. But I'm not going to be like, oh, third base is so thin, I have to get one early. Nah, I'll I'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, we're just we're just trying to list the pros and the cons of these four players here. Because you've got a you've got a big decision to make, and you know at the time that we're recording right now, uh, you will be making this decision in in seven hours. Yeah, eight p.m. Eastern. Eight p.m. Eastern. Eight p.m. Four Eastern. Hours. Oh, four hours. What am I saying? 
see, I add all of a sudden I'm like jet lagging some some extra hours in there too. So in four hours, you got to make this decision. You you can't tell you can't tell the Annie up world right now who I you're keep, taking. I keep going back and forth, man. So oh, come on. Sure. Get serious. off the pot, dude. Nah, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I really I'm not sure. I'm leaning tattoos. You're leaning tattoos. Mm hmm. You're leaning tattoos. I know it's a risk, but fuck it. I won this league last year. So why? There you go. There's the fucking attitude I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Jeez, man. That was like on during Sunday's labor broadcast when they, Kyle opened up with, you know, only three people have won this league in the last seven years. I'm like, um, that's not true. Yeah, because he was looking at a list that included the people in the league and when they won labor. So, like, there was a couple people who were in this league but wanted different labor. So he came back on air and corrected himself. The oh, I know. I heard. Well, yeah. he was he was corrected by somebody. He corrected it on on air. On air, yes. Yeah. Off air, he needed to be he needed to be told. Well, I was I was I was I, underst I understand what he was looking at. The list was kind of confusing, mm -hmm. or it wasn't clear cut. You're gonna make excuses for somebody cutting down your boy, huh? Okay. He wasn't doing it to you intentionally. Well, I, you know, I didn't say it was intentional, but you know, you got to be a little bit more careful. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. If you're leaning Tatis right now, what could possibly in the next four hours change your mind? I might go, you know what? He is too risky with the shoulder. Why am I risking that with my number one overall pick? Let me go safer. And Juan Soto would be your safer choice. Or Trey Turner. Or Trey Turner. Oh, see? So it's already, not so you actually don't even I, want to take Juan Soto. You want it, you you want the stolen bases with this first pick. I well, can't I, blame you for it. I I yeah, I mean it's a standalone league, so it's a little bit different. But man, if you don't get your speed early, I just I'm doing a slow draft now and I didn't get speed early. It sucks, man. So I started um Soto, Trout, Nola, and then Buxton and Baez. So now I'm chasing speed. Like, if you got to take speed in round four. If you don't, you're fucked. It's a draft champion. You can't make moves. Yeah. So I looked at all the other teams. I'm like, already behind in speed. So now it forces your hand. Okay, now, obviously, Buxton's a major health risk, but you're shooting for upside. You hope he stays healthy and gives you 15-20. Baez can give you 15-20. So now you got to piece it together. So it's just not a great spot to be in. You want to try and come away with speed in the first round. I mean, obviously, it's more important in a overall. This is a standalone league and trade. So it's not as imperative. But I don't want to be in the point where I'm chasing. I'd like to, if I can, come out with some speed with that first pick. And I will get that from Tatis and Turner. Turner have a second and short eligibility? Yes. Mm -hmm. He does. But does Tatis have first? Uh, does he have short and outfield? I believe so, because it's 15 games the previous season, and NFBC is 20, and Tatis has both in this. So, yeah. All right. All right. So, basically, it comes down to you think Tatis is the better player, but he's got the injury risk. And then Turner is your number two because he's got the speed. Soto at number three because of his uh, – not, not even not even maybe not Soto at three because of the, the surrounding lineup. Maybe you go – Jose Ramirez is the third option there, but it comes down to the two. It's Turner or, or Tatis for you. No, it could be Soto because of the OBP. It just he he's like 460, 470, I mean 450, 460. That is a huge advantage. That's like Mike Trout of years past. So it allows you to do so much. Like 
it allows you to come. It Tim Anderson takes a hit in this league because it's OBP. But if you draft Soto, you can draft Tim Anderson because Soto's cushion makes up for it. Because you're going to see Anderson goes in the second, third round of a lot of leagues. He probably won't here because he's a big boost in batting average. Last three years, 309, 322, 335. But his OBP last year was 338. And the years before that, 357. And that was boosted by the batting average. And you could say, well, he's consistently hit like that. Well, one of these years, the batting average balls of play could come down and he's hitting 280. Now he crushes you in OBP. He doesn't walk. His walk rate, career walk rate is three and a half percent. So you can afford to take a Tim Anderson if you have a Soto. That's where roster construction comes into play. It's not just, oh, let me cross guys off the list and take. It's putting the roster together. And when you have Soto, it allows you to do so much. It allows you to take the low OBP guys with speed because a lot of the speed guys usually don't have good OBP. So Soto just allows you to do so much. All right. Well, for all of you out there who are listening right now, you obviously know the results. But I got to tell you, man, very I love listening to the process of what you're going through right now, thinking about that first pick. Here's another guy, too, that takes a big hit. Ozzy Albee, 310 OBP last year, 306. That's a guy oh, that has yeah. gone in the first round of every draft. If I take Soto, now I can take Albies at the end of if he makes it back. I don't know if he will. I don't know how much people are going to look. But he takes a hit in OBP, 310, 306. He was career at 325. Maybe someone says, I don't care. He's 30-20 or 25-20, and they say, fuck it, I'm going to take it. But he, I, he, I can't see him going in the first round of this draft because of the OVP. I got you. I, got well, you. I don't know. Maybe I'm – I see, that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe someone says, you know what, second base, power, speed, fuck it, I'll take the hit on OBP. I don't know. But if he makes it back and you have Soto, <laughs> no-brainer to take him. How have we not had you write the article on players whose value gets boosted in OBP versus batting average leagues? Where, where's that article? Because uh, I was doing the high stakes, though. All right. You want to do that OBP article? Nah. Jeez. Guess you guys just got to keep listening to this podcast for uh, for, for that kind of uh, advice from Adam. We got to get somebody on that uh, on that site. We're going to do that. Good idea. Good idea, Bender. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, Adam. I appreciate that very much. Um, all right. Well, so here's that's the process. Ah, man. Let's see. I'm going to see if I tell you right now who I think you're going to take, then I think you'll automatically not take that player. I think you can be spiteful like that. No, I wouldn't. I'm looking to build the best team. You're looking to build the best team? Mm-hmm. Looking to build the best team. I think you're going to take the risk and you're going to go with Tatis. Okay. I think I think it, it's it's hurting your feelings here to to not take Turner or Soto, but I think when it comes down to it, you'll forego the injury risk and you'll stay with Tatis, which is the direction that you're leaning in. But I do like your uh, your your Soto OBP arguments and roster construction. It's good shit, man. It's good shit. All right. I'm glad I'm glad I made you record before uh, before the show. For uh, for fantasy alarm, but I do have to go and get ready for that. So you know what, we're gonna we're gonna call it a day here right now. Um, when we come back uh, next time, we'll uh, we'll see exactly what Adam did with his draft. We'll uh, we'll discuss that, and uh, I'm sure there'll be more craziness in the NFL for us to uh, to to dive into.
Um, any any final basketball thoughts that excite you, Adam? Uh, no, I won't be able to watch much basketball tonight. I do have a couple bets in, but um, yeah, I got I got bit by the hook twice uh, yesterday. At, uh, Ouch! I was four zero Sunday, and then Tyrese Maxey over seventeen and a half points yesterday. He had seventeen. Uh, Rudy Gobert over twenty five and a half points rebounds. He had twenty five. I did bet the over twelve and a half rebounds the night before. It went up to 13 and a half. He finished with 13. So I did cash that. But yeah, um, two hooks. And then Sadiq Bey had him written up nine points in the first quarter. I don't think he scored the rest of the game. <laughs> so one of those nights, everything went well on Sunday and uh, got a big shit taken on me on uh, Monday. <laughs> and two by the hook, man. Fucking well, unbelievable. Then you get a little, you get a little. A little breather than tonight, right? No, I already, I already, I already, no, I already placed a couple bets, man. Jay Crowder. Right, I know, I know. But Jay I mean, Crowder you know. over 11 and a half points, man. Phoenix is shorthanded. So nah, I did place a couple bets, but that's it. I think I put in two or three. I'm done. I'll let it sit, but I got to focus here on the draft. Uh, well, good. And, uh, and listen, again, thank you for recording early today. I'm very excited to see what happens. I'll be doing the Fantasy Alarm show and then... Boom! I will. Uh, I will get to see firsthand uh, what Adam uh, does. He's got Jim on the broadcast uh, tonight. Say hi to him for me when uh, when they bring you in to interview. I will do that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Andy Up. Thanks to everybody out there for liking and subscribing. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.